Hello, everybody, and welcome to This Isn't Me, a podcast by myself, Roman Jimenez. I'd like to welcome you all, whether it might be two listeners or 200 listeners or 2,000. This is my very first podcast. This is my very first time trying this out. And so I'd like to tell you a little bit about what I'm anticipating doing in the next several months. Wanted to make a little podcast, um, having discussions with other folks, friends of mine, family members, people that I thought were really interesting, people that led interesting lives or had interesting takes or opinions on stuff. And then I'd like to make the show all about them. Now, of course, anybody that knows me knows that I am going to throw in a little bit of opinion here and there some funny stuff here and there, probably some impersonations, maybe a little wacky singing, uh, because, you know, that's just who I am. I grew up in Santa Fe, New Mexico, in a small city, small town, small house, big family, had three brothers. Um, We all had to do a good job of keeping ourselves entertained and making each other laugh. I think we all have similar personalities, but uh, we had a lot of fun growing up and uh, we had a lot of good times in that house and a lot of good times playing outside when kids still used to play outside. You know, nowadays it's a little bit different with cell phones and gaming systems and computers and all that other good stuff. But back then we had to use our bikes and our football and baseball and basketball to keep ourselves entertained and whether it was sunny or snowing we always made do and try to figure out how to do that but anyway um my first guest that I'm having on on my first podcast is uh, Greg Patterson now Greg is a is a friend of mine that I met in Atlanta Georgia a couple years ago um little bit about myself. I uh, spent a little over two decades in uh, law enforcement. I retired from the New Mexico State Police in New Mexico. And um, I know that's probably redundant, so I didn't have to say New Mexico after New Mexico State Police, but you'll find that my English skills aren't uh, the best either. But you know what? I'm going to give it a shot anyway. Um, Anyway, I spent a couple of decades with the New Mexico State Police and uh, retired there as a captain in 2015. Spent a couple of years in the private industry and uh, then decided that I'd like to travel a little bit more. So uh, just kind of on a whim, I applied with uh, a major airline as a flight attendant and Noticed that they had uh, nearly 300,000 applicants for about a thousand jobs and didn't think much of it, but needless to say, three months later, I was in training. Um, Then it was a a training experience that I thought was going to be a lot easier than it was, but as a result of it, we made a lot of good friends, and one of them was Greg Patterson. He's a retired police officer as well, and uh, we got to know each other pretty well. And... um, yeah, I think he's a fun guy. I think he's got a lot of interesting takes on life in general and uh, a lot of uh, good anecdotes. And um, 
seeing it was my first podcast and he was the first one to hit me up, um, you know, I thought it'd be nice to get with Greg and, and talk to him a little bit about some of the things that interest him. And so uh, hope you all enjoy it. So introducing to you all, Mr. Greg Patterson. Oh, Mr. Greg, how you doing, my friend? You there? Yeah. <laughs> how you doing, Greg? Back me. Good, good. I just figured <laughs> test this thing out. We're we're getting ready to go get some breakfast, late breakfast. Oh, is that right? Okay. You uh you running the blender or are you running the vacuum or what what is that? Vacuum vacuum cleaner. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like i like clicked on it to start because she turned it off and then she turned it back on i'm like no nope. hey, hey oh oh hold on hold on a second yeah. oh that is too funny man yeah i got you recording earlier and uh i kind of did a little bit of an intro <laughs> to this podcast so um if need be i can i can uh do you want to do you want to get together later on or is is now a good time for 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 a, later on if that's okay yeah no that's fine with me i just got uh i'm on a days and they had signed me a trip up to chicago a turn and uh then they uh canceled the whole trip i never had that happen before it was a no-op i don't know what that means i guess it just they canceled it all together and then about 10 minutes ago they sent me a new notice that i'm going to london so <laughs> <laughs> you going tonight or you going tomorrow no, I'm going tonight, man. They're sending me oh. at 1600, so I guess I better brush up on my international main cabin. Bellini. <laughs> Are you in Atlanta right now? No, I'm in Salt Lake. I, I got one more month here before I I do my final get my final transfer to Atlanta in February. Oh yeah, I've I've yet to do like a London. I've only done Amsterdam a couple times in one Rome. Otherwise, I don't do international. Yeah, I try to avoid it myself, man. And I saw it on the board, and I was the only one up with three days available. And I'm like, they're going to give me this damn thing, man. And <laughs> sure enough, man. Sure enough. <laughs> uh, I was uh, posted on the swap board, see if somebody wants to trade a domestic for it or something. Oh, or you, you know what? I, I didn't think about that. That's a good idea. Yeah, I might try. I might try to do that. The only good thing is that it's twenty hours and it's international pay for three days work, you know. And you don't see that too often. And I've never been to London, so I'm just kind of contemplating. Yeah, London's cool, man. It's a cool city. People are cool. Uh, there's no guns there, so you never have to worry about getting shot. But there are a lot of stabby people there. Yeah, I was gonna say there's a lot of knives and machetes. So <laughs> those those scare me more than guns. I think, man. I know. I know guns <laughs> they can miss. Knives, man. God, unless you have the distance or some and I'm like, do you realize how long it takes for me to not get like for, for me to just run somewhere and not get winded? Like and, it, you it know what's take long. Like yeah, I, and you Yeah, I hear you, man. And the funny thing is that with a gun, you know that you got a, a bullet hole in your chest or something, and you know, you know, at least you're gonna go out like a little bit pretty. But uh, <laughs> with a knife, it's like stabbing, guts falling out, slashed up, cut up. People are going to be like, golly, that poor guy, the way he went out, man. I mean, that, that, that crazy bearded man with a machete literally chopped him up to pieces in the middle of London Square, man. It was crazy. Yeah, it was wild times, wild times. 
That shit. Yeah. That was totally fucked up. It'll be a hell of a story 20 years from now, but right now it's a little fucked up. <laughs> yeah. Right now we just like to remember what a great guy he was, what a great father yeah. he was, you know, but let's not talk about the fact that he had his arms chopped off in the middle of freaking London Square and thrown over a bridge, you know, that's, that's, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what a terrible, what a terrible way to go. Yeah, who knew? Who knew? Shriek like a little girl. We all yeah. thought he was the manliest man, but he shrieked like a little girl. And I'll tell you what: after all those years of law enforcement, to think this would happen to him as a flight attendant. Wow, <laughs> man. We we thought he really dodged a bullet after twenty years, but yeah, we theoretically, a- theoretically, he did dodge a bullet. He just couldn't dodge a knife. <laughs> Unfortunately, he didn't go out in a police uniform. He went out in a, a purple and granite gray uh, flight attendant uniform. <laughs> the purple accent uh, of the blood streaming down his chest very well. Oh yeah, yeah. He was. He went. He went out in Zach Posen, man, in style. <laughs> but anyways, uh, uh, I gotta. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna have to do breakfast or whatever. Uh, no, no, that's that's good. Hey. Uh, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna add this as a segment on our podcast if you don't mind. It was pretty funny. Have at it, do your thing. Okay, man. I'll talk to you later on. All right, later, bye. Gregory. Back at it. What's going on? Hey, not too much. How are you, man? Doing okay. Just uh doing my typical my typical chill at my motel, knock out some laundry and start a trip tomorrow. All right on. Where are you headed to? Uh along LA and then along uh Springfield Mass. So BDL. Okay. Yeah, the Long LA is pretty good. There's some good restaurants around there to eat at and stuff. Yeah, for sure. I've got a buddy that lives out in LA, so I'm going to try to meet up with him, and he's he'll tootle me around town. Right on, so he, man. That's he's, awesome. He's into all the Hollywood stuff. Oh, is that right? Yeah, yeah. So you guys going to head down to the to the uh, Hollywood Walk of. Uh, fame or what is it where they have all we, the stars at? yeah i know what you, yeah i know what you're talking about but i have no idea what it's called <laughs> <laughs> it's uh yeah it's just got a bunch of stars on the damn sidewalk that's what it's yeah, called. <laughs> yeah i think yeah <laughs> no idea what it is but it's something <laughs> no that's cool man no, i just wanted to catch back up with you just uh just uh finish this uh finish my discussion with you i know last time i talked to you you were running the vacuum and getting ready to go eat breakfast and all that good stuff a few days ago. Oh and, yeah. Uh, yeah. Since then I survived my London trip without getting, uh, uh, stabbed in the public square. So that yeah. was, nice. yeah, I think, I think, uh, the, um, the Megxit thing was, uh, distracting everybody. So that was a good. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, so uh, Greg, real quick, like uh, um, again, this show that I'm I'm doing with this podcast is called "This Is Not Me." It's um, uh, it's a it's this kind of a thing I was trying out to to uh, speak to friends of mine and family and just kind of get their take on 
on life in general and their perspective yeah. of what they're doing right now. And um, I kind of laid the foundation a little bit in my introduction, but it, uh, it spoke a little bit about how we met in our training um, uh-huh. in industry and that you are a former police officer like myself. Um, how, how, how has the tra- transition been for you from being a police officer to going into uh, the airline industry or working as a flight attendant? Hey, Greg, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Can you hear me? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you heard me or... or uh, it, I, I, heard, I heard you go, Greg, and then I look and my app isn't... It, right now, it's not even showing. It's open right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, so were you even talking or was I where we both just stayed quiet? I was talking and then... Because <laughs> literally I said, yeah, Greg, go ahead. And, and it's okay because I can edit out all this part and dry time and stuff like that. But um. <laughs> I, I, It's not even showing I'm in an interview with you right now. <laughs> okay. It's showing on mine. And so I was like, all right, great, go ahead. And then it's like nothing. I was like, no, you're no. gone. Okay, here we go. Now, now it popped up. Okay. Okay, cool. Um, so, <laughs> of course. <laughs> I, I am running. I am doing laundry, of course, currently. So I, I'm going to be in and out walking no, around. That's okay. But, um, so the uh, yeah, coming from a cop, I was I, uh, I was saying the uh, the uh, all of our I was being used as a basically a part time sergeant, but I wasn't a sergeant, so it was mm-hmm. kind of my own my own position. I was the only guy at the department at the time, or well, I guess they had one other guy, but they didn't really use him. He they made him a sergeant. Me, they just left me as is. Mm-hmm. Um, so all our supervisors or all the sergeants were uh, knocking up their wives. It was like a fad for them. Like everybody's oh, like, right? all right. Yeah. Yeah. Let's all knock up our wives. So I was getting moved to day shift, afternoon shift. Gary worked day shift. I was getting moved to afternoon shift, a swing shift. So I was 7 PM to 3 AM. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I was also used for midnights all like all over the place. So I was getting my schedule was all over the place, which, I think was fantastic transition for this job because this job has been nothing but a total mess in the way of schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't really, uh, I don't really pick my trips to uh, kind of maintain the same sleep schedule normally. So yeah. I'll work, uh, I'll work early reports or late reports or I'll work red eyes and I'll back it all up together. Um, but yeah, so this, so the schedule part of it, I think I was, I was definitely by far ready for, um, but it's nice because we actually know what our days off are uh, yeah. before it was, Hey, you're forced in on your weekend or you're forced in on this day or that day. Uh, but you know, that wasn't all the time, but you always had that in the back of your head. You could get forced in sometime. Right. Uh, this is, this is nice because now there's no more getting forced in, uh, work late sometimes, but no more, no more getting forced in. Uh, mm-hmm. And the way of work, you know, I came from a smaller police department. Uh, uh-huh. Our city was like 18, 17 or 18,000 people. Okay. So going from that to this is different because there I had the same coworkers every day. You mm-hmm. know, it's the same people. You, you knew everyone. You worked with everyone. Uh, it's, you know, I wasn't at a department where, you know, you, there's hundreds or thousands of officers and you, you don't even know half the people there. Right. Um, 
So it's kind of neat in the way of, yeah, I, th- I think this is a lot better in the way of networking and you meet a lot more people. And uh, if, if you don't like a coworker, you just don't have to work with them again. Right. Right. Which is, that which makes is it fantastic. Nice. That yeah. doesn't happen all the time, but you know, it's not, not very often where you run across a coworker. That's not necessarily the greatest, but um, it's definitely, uh, it's definitely uh, nice when you can, uh, you know, pick, pick your coworkers. If you want to pick up a trip with someone or, Absolutely. or uh, not work with someone. Um, now, has it been, uh, has it been, uh, a different adjustment going from working with people that, you know, uh, very well every day to, um, basically working with different people all the time? A little bit. It's not too, yeah, I mean, I guess that aspect's different. There's no, you don't quite get the, I mean, obviously there's like uh, the, you know, flight attendant camaraderie, if you will, where, you know, mm-hmm. we're all flight attendants and we're, you know, kind of bound together by that. But it's, right. there isn't like the, the brotherhood that I had at, at my old job. Right. Um, and I still, you know, I've got my, I've got my friends that I keep in touch with uh, from work. And then there's the people that were literally just my coworkers. And would you say so, that it's a, it's, it's pretty different in the respect, like you mentioned that a brotherhood with police work because of the dependency on the person to, to basically, basically uh, you know, live or die. Have to trust, yeah. Trust them. You have to trust them with your life. They have to trust you with their lives. Yeah. Because I, there's obviously going to be, you know, if there was a, a worst case scenario type thing in the flight attendant industry, I mean, you're not going to have that bond where you're like, all right, we're going to, you know, doing this for this person, you know, they've got a family to go home to type thing yeah. or something of that sort. It's, it's, you know, you they're still going to have a family to go home to, but there isn't going to be that bond where you, you've trained with them, you've worked with them. You, you know, you know, the ins and outs of their life. Cause you know, as cops, you knew everything about your coworkers lives, like everything. Right. Uh, especially if you're on midnights, because what else are you going to do besides talk to your coworkers sometimes? Right, right, (laughs) right. Yeah, and I think it was kind of interesting, like when I went into the airline industry, that, um, you know, there is a talk and and there is a bit of a, you know, uh, a camaraderie amongst people that do the same job, but it's just not the same as law enforcement. No, no, definitely there's definitely a big change in, in that aspect. Um, you know, uh, law enforcement, you, you get off, get off from work, you hang out on your weekends. You know, I've got, I've got some, you know, friends around here uh, in the Detroit area that I, you know, hang out with occasionally when I'm, you know, off and up in Detroit because I live mm-hmm. in Illinois still. Uh, but it's, it's not like, you know, definitely not the same because, you know, I would, have people over in the summer, go boating, you know, grill yeah. out, have some beers, meet up, you know, those people still, I mean, they would still, you know, give their shirts off their back for me type thing. Sure. Uh, a lot of these people, it's, you know, hate to say it, but there's plenty of people. It's, you know, they're their lives and there's uh, their coworkers or their coworkers, but there, you know, isn't it, that bond isn't there. Yeah. I don't know if you saw it the same way I did too, but it, it was kind of funny for me to go from um, wearing a state police uniform where a lot of the times people looked at you with a little bit of disdain, 
<laughs> you know, um, and and you yeah. were in uh, uh, a, a flight attendant uniform where you're standing at the door and people just come in smiling <laughs> at you and talking to you. And, and it's the thing that always strikes me when I'm doing that is I think to myself, would these same people be smiling and talking to me knowing that I was a police officer or seeing me in a police officer's uniform? Because it's just uh interesting how oh, that no. whole dynamic changes when people see you in one uniform yeah, as opposed I'd be to standing, the other. I, if you were wearing your other uniform i'd be standing there right with them getting ready to spit on you <laughs> well you know they all hated us because they wanted to be us you know that was the whole thing it, yeah it, so getting 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 to be a cop right you know when i got hired at my department it was it was cutthroat. So I got hired back in 2007 uh-huh. and it was, it was damn near impossible to get a cop job anywhere. Right. Like it was damn near impossible. Um, so, you know, like I tested, you say I tested for state police and they had you know, thousands of applicants and, and uh, I ended up, getting a, a job offer from state i just had to get surgery instead so that's why i didn't go to them yeah uh, but that was after i had a couple of years cop experience under my belt mm-hmm. um and then you know all the departments around it was it was it was hard to get on right um, which we got into an industry where it's really <laughs> for our, for our second careers we got into an industry that's really hard to get into yeah i was really surprised at that i didn't know how difficult it was when I first applied. Yeah. Yeah. I, uh, I, mean, I mean, it was so, the only time you know, I applied, but it was, it was just uh, something that I didn't realize after I was in already, how, how many people want to do this. Greg. Hey, you there, Greg. Yeah, oh yeah. All right. Still here. All right. I lost you right after I, uh, I had mentioned uh, <laughs> that uh, I was surprised how many people wanted to do this job. Yeah. And what I was saying is I, I've gotten into, you know, I've gotten into a couple like Facebook groups and whatnot uh-huh. um, to kind of help people get into the job. Uh, it's, you know, perspective, it's current flight attendants, and, you know, people are perspective flight attendants, uh-huh. um, but it's, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a great job. Um, you know, if you can, I guess if you can deal with the kind of crazier lifestyle that goes with it. Right. Uh, but was there anything with yeah, the lifestyle just, that you, that you got into um, that it wasn't until after you had the job that you realized it was going to be like this or was it all pretty um, much, you all, you pretty much knew what you were getting into. Cause I know I didn't. I, I had no idea I was going to be having such long work days. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought I was going to be going into shorter work days. That was not the case. Um, there's still lots of, lots of extremely long work days. Right. Um, and, and I never, I guess I didn't expect it to be that long of work days. Type right. Thing. right. Right. Um, and lots of, lots of being sleep deprived and, um, I was used to that, I guess. Right. Um, but yeah, just, I guess, uh, the long days, I, I was pretty familiar with the industry just in general because my dad was a pilot before. Yeah. I was going to, I was going to ask uh, about that. So I think I had a better understanding of, 
of the, of, I guess, of the field, not necessarily the job itself. Because I asked my dad what flight, you know, if I would ask my dad what flight attendants do, he'd be like, uh, you know, right. he has no, he wouldn't have a clue. I mean, the pilots are pilots; they do their thing there, but you know, they're in the flight deck or you know the cockpit or whatever. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else is, you know, then, then there's flight attendants in the back. Hey, I, I uh, knew the industry, but I didn't know the job. Right. Is the best way I could describe it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, uh, I completely get it. Cause, um, yeah, it was a bit of a surprise for me. I, you know, I applied with the understanding or thinking that it was going to be a really easy job, easy training, um, you know, very simple, get a fly around and see the world. And uh, uh, a lot of it's true and a lot of it wasn't. <laughs> I wasn't prepared for the the amount of work that went into uh, the training aspect of it. Um, and yeah, I, uh, job I, I read up on the training because my older brother, he's like, I don't know if you should change jobs. I don't know if you should do it. And then he's like, have you read about the training? And I'm like, I kind of browsed about it. He's like, it's really tough. And a lot of people don't make it through. And I'm like, huh? He's like, so if you quit your job and you don't make it through training, you're going to be, you're going to be working at Walmart. Right. And I don't know if you so, felt the same way I did too, but nobody that did the job that we did as a police officer wants to come back home and tell their friends and family that they couldn't complete flight attendant training. Yeah. Because, because <laughs> from an outside, outside perspective, you think it's just going to be a breeze, right? You know, it's like, Oh yeah. You know, no problem. Training was challenging. Yeah. It was much more challenging than I was expecting. Right. The, the written tests and all that stuff were, were, I guess for me, those were the easy part. Um, the drills, the door drills and all that stuff, that was challenging. Right. That I, that was like a well-orchestrated ballet. Right. I agree. I agree. And you know what? You know what? This white boy can't dance. <laughs> <laughs> but you learned, man. You learned how to two-step at least. You know, that's the important part. <sighs> yeah, I learned how to, yeah, <laughs> just well enough. Yeah. Yeah, no, I but agree. The, uh, yeah, but... <laughs> the, the drills and whatnot. I mean, we still have to do our yearly qualifications. Oh, still just scared the hell out of me. Right. Give me a real life emergency. I'll be like, all right, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Yeah. I <laughs> did, me, you know, give me a test. Yeah. <laughs> give me a test and I'll be like, oh, I'll be trembling. <laughs> yeah. It's like this plane is going down. I'm going to be the calmest guy on the airplane, but you know, yeah. Yeah, I'll be like, all right, well, <laughs> yeah, let's do this. Yeah. Like, you know, let's get to show on the road. I've stared, de- but, I've, uh, stared I've stared death in the face quite a few times and made it through. And uh, it's funny, yeah, because you, you you deal with some of this other stuff that comes with this job, and you're like, man, I didn't think it was meant to be so you know stressful. It's supposed to be uh-huh. pretty, yeah, should be pretty easy. But it yeah, it was it was more stressful. And I think the other thing that really surprised me about the job is how many very very smart people we work with it's all you know i think because of the training and the selection process and all that stuff i'm I'm just really Mm -hmm. amazed at how intellectual and how um 
yeah, how smart people are with this job. It really is really surprised me how, how, uh, how bright everybody is that you work with. Absolutely. Uh, you, 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 you know, you think you're realistically, I, I looked at this job and I'm like, I'll be working with a bunch of pretty girls who this is probably their first job. Right. And it's not the case. You know, you think in a younger crowd, absolutely not the case whatsoever. There are those, you know, younger girls, but it are guys, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're, uh, it's drastically different than what I expected. Right. There's lots of nurses. I've run a lot. Uh, school a teachers. Tops, not a huge amount. School teachers, uh, people that worked in the business world. I ran, uh, there's a CEO, you know, she was like, I worked for, you know, I was a CEO of this company for however long. And I just, you know, I got sick of the business world and all the rigmarole that goes with it. I, I needed something different. Yeah. She's like, I was tired of sitting behind a desk. And sure enough, you know, she uh, became a flight attendant. So, yeah, it's the whole gamut and array of people you have. You have uh, one of my buddies in Detroit. He's a psychologist. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, yeah, he did something different. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, he goes to school, becomes a psychologist, does it for a few years. And, uh, yeah, becomes a flight attendant. Becomes so a flight attendant. there's lots of people that went into some sort of field and then they're like, you know what? There's got to be more out there. Right. You know, there's a world out there to see and they didn't want to let it pass them by. Is that where perspective you came from? Like, you know, deciding that you've basically had your fill with law enforcement. So I loved my job. I really did. But I always felt trapped. Like uh, I was in a small town. You know, we were 10 square miles. Granted, we would, we were the northmost city in our county. So we were always out helping, helping county as well. So our 10 square miles wasn't really 10 square miles. It was, you know, butted up to another city, helping county out. So we were actively helped the other agencies around as well. Um, but I, I thought about it like uh, I, you know, I'm like, oh, that'd be kind of a cool job, travel. But I, I, didn't, I didn't think flight attendants made any money, mm-hmm. like at all. Like I thought they were just broke. Right. And I'm like, ah, I don't really know. When this is this is because uh, my neighbor's wife had posted something for Southwest, like that they were hiring. And so I'm like, that would be, you know, I said something on there. I can't remember. That'd be cool. Or, But uh, when, when I want to take a pay cut, and then sure enough, She's like, come talk to me and I'll show you my pay, pay stubs. I'm like, okay, which Southwest, I think, does make a little more coinage than we do. Uh-huh. Pre-profit sharing. Uh-huh. Uh, but I was like, dang. Because she was the, her husband works for the railroad. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, she actually was the breadwinner in the family. Mm. And I was like, well, that kind of blows my mind a little bit. Yeah. And then I also... You know, I was like, you know, I don't know how I'd work a job where I live hours away or whatever. And so they kind of explained the crash pad thing because one of her friends at the time, uh, I was kind of talking to her mm-hmm. and she was a flight attendant for Southwest. She lived in New York. And I'm like, so I, and I was like, okay, so you, you live in New York, but you're based out of Baltimore. 
And that just blew my mind. Yeah. That, you know, you didn't live near your base. And I'm like, how do you get to work? She's like, well, I just fly. And she was in upstate New York. Uh-huh. Like, what? Blew my mind. Yeah. Like I was like the whole, the whole commuting thing. Yeah. Because yeah. That was something my dad, my dad did it for six months when I was four years old. Right. And then the rest of the time he lived an hour from the airport. Uh-huh. So it was, uh, that whole thing was just mind boggling to me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I started talking to her more and more about the industry and the field. And I'm like, man, that would be kind of cool. So, you know, my dad's like, I don't know, Greg, I don't know if you should do that. You know, you got a good career. And I'm like, you know, dad, I've had a hip rebuilt, a shoulder rebuilt. I've got a bad back. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, am I really going to be able to do another nine years to hit my, you know, hit my 20 and I right. still can't even draw my pension then. So realistically right. I got to work until I'm 50. Yeah. And I was what 30, I think 33 at the time I applied and uh, he's like, well, you know, all right. You know, so I ended up applying mm-hmm. uh, with, without him even knowing at this point. Oh, is that right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> so I ended up going and applying and uh, finally I'm like, yeah, I did. I applied for Southwest and he's like, well, if you're doing that, you got to apply for Delta American and United. You got to go for the legacy carriers mm-hmm. that way. You get the, you know, you get to have an international to get paid to do it, not not riding on some other carrier, riding on your own metal, and so you know, part of the, the flight lingos. I knew a lot of it, but flying on your own metal or tin, mm-hmm. that wasn't that was one I wasn't quite familiar right, with. Right, right. But um, since you were now in the aviation family, he was you were privy to some of that jargon now. Yeah, some of that <laughs> jargon. Uh huh. You got it. Uh, so, uh, yeah, so I ended up applying for everybody and then sure enough, Southwest said no. And then American who I was thinking was going to be a shoe and they said no. Mm-hmm. And I was like, huh. And I'm like, well, maybe this flight ascent thing isn't going to be something I'm ever going to be, you know, it's not even going to be an option. Right. Which realistically I was kind of hoping I was going to fail at applying mm-hmm. because, making a decision to walk away from a career is a big decision. Sure. And if I get, if I get denied by everyone, I don't even have to think about it. Yeah. It's not a big deal. Yeah. Don't have to think, you know, I don't have to go, Oh, I need to change careers or do this or that. Don't even have to, don't even have to fathom it. Right. They said no for me. I don't have to make a choice. And then sure enough, I go to the face to face interview and I end up getting the job and I'm like, Oh shit. Um, this is happening. What do I do now? What do I do now? Like <laughs> completely mind boggling. Right. Um, because I, you know, you were retired. I was still actively working. Right. And you, well, you had a, you had a side job. Yeah. I had another full-time job running operations for a security company. And, uh, um, yeah, but, yeah, but it wasn't, it wasn't this. Yeah. I had my pension and the other job was, uh, it was paying me pretty well. It was, you know, I wasn't going to be making what I was making as a flight attendant, but um, mm-hmm. I was ready to take a step back from being responsible for so many people. I was just wanting to be responsible for myself at that at this point in my life and being able to travel a little bit, you know. Yeah, because being being a supervisor, you know, it's 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 got its ups and downs. Yeah. You know, there's days where it's fantastic, but then there's days where it's like, 
that's kind of ridiculous that I'm right. having to deal with this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, especially in the policing world, right. there's some serious stuff you can deal with. Yep. So and that's why I kind of was on the back burner. I was doing the part-time supervisor thing. Yeah. But I also like just being responsible for myself, mm-hmm. uh, you know, working patrol and whatnot. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it was definitely, it was a hard decision to make. Right. To, to step away from, step away from law enforcement. I mean, I, I'm still certified actually until March. Mm-hmm. Still certified as a full-time cop in Illinois. Do you, um, do you miss so it I at could, all? I could go part, I could go part-time somewhere just so I have a backup if there's ever a furlough in the airline industry. Yeah. Um, I, I do at times, but then again, there's plenty of times where I'm like, I'm way better off. <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I'm not freezing my ass off in the middle of winter. I'm not in the middle of summer with high humidity, just sweating, sweating like crazy. Yeah. Uh, you know, in a house with a dead person or something. Right. You know, just waiting for the coroner to show up and it's, you know, 85 degrees or 90 degrees in the house and you're just hanging out with a dead body. Right. 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 So, <laughs> yeah. Talking about what you're so, going to have for lunch. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I don't think maybe Subway today, trying to cut back on the calories. Right, right. You know, is there, you know, pretty much because uh, all, all you can do is try to normalize that stuff in your mind. Right. Because it's it's not normal. Yeah. But if at least if you normalize it in your mind, it, uh, you know, it doesn't wear you out mentally, I think, as right. easily. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I think I saw a lot of those situations as kind of um, – um, almost like fake, fake scenes. That's the way I dealt with it best was, you know, you saw a dead body and I would just see it as something that was like a set on in a scary movie or something, you know, it was just, uh, mm-hmm. not real. And I think that was yeah. my, my best way of handling a lot of those things. Yeah. Because how do you handle that stuff? I mean, it's, yeah. You know, I, I never went and talked to a psychologist or shrink about any of that stuff. You know, they gave us like we had a debrief after we had our big tornado that wiped out town. Right. Um, but beyond that, we did like kind of just a debrief. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. You know, and in the law enforcement world, if you go and talk to anyone about that stuff, you know, you're a weak person. Right. You know, like with this job that we have now, you have uh, somebody passes out on the plane and you know, a manager's meeting you and people are calling you to make sure you're okay. And, um, yeah. you know, out, out on the road, man, I mean, uh, you can get in a pursuit or fight with somebody on the side of the road, you know, like you're in a fight for your life or, you know, get involved with somebody pulling a gun on you or, um, uh-huh. you know, I mean, you name it, all these things that happen and, you know, it's just like, all right, tomorrow's another day and you come back to work and, um, as the career progressed at, at some point, you know, we started being a little more conscious of the fact that police officers were dealing with a, a lot of this baggage and a lot of these things that they needed to speak to professionals about, debrief about. Yeah. And they're, they're finally, they're finally starting the pendulum is swinging Yeah, because it's been swung the other way for so long where it's all about, you know, your pride and being macho and yeah, it's finally swinging over to where they're like, huh, we need to allow cops to speak to people about stuff. Yeah. And we need to not give it this 
negative stigma right. that, that that's weakness mentally because cops are killing themselves all over the country. Right, right. Yep, yep. All over the country. But it's, you know, this, this job is a job where you don't, my current job, flight attendant, it's, there's no mental baggage. Right. I'm not dealing with stuff. You know, you, you have a pissed off customer or whatnot there, you know, somebody just speaks down to you for no apparent reason besides just that's how they are. Yeah. You know, you might get a little pissed off about it and be like, you know, that person's kind of an asshole. But beyond that, you're not taking your work home. So mentally this job is infinitely easier. Yeah. Um, but you know, when it, it was coming down to the point where I had to make a decision, whether I was actually going to, you know, I, I accepted the conditional job offer, but it doesn't mean I'm, you know, I have to walk away from my current employment mm-hmm. as a police officer. Yeah. I could still back out at any moment, but it's coming down to that like two weeks notice. Yeah. You have two weeks notice, you know, where I just show up one day and walk. Um, I wanted to do the whole two weeks notice thing. It's the proper thing to do. I've been there for a long time. Yeah. You know, you want to leave on a positive note. Um, so I was still kind of torn up on what to do. Um, I was leaning towards doing the flight attendant thing because I was going to be kicking myself for the rest of my life if I didn't try it. Right. At least try it because I've wanted to travel. I wanted to see the world. And I had done some of it, you know, when I was younger. But beyond that, I worked all the time. So there was no, there was no time or money to go on vacations, really. You know, and I'd get two weeks vacation, or, or I think I'd just gotten a three-weeks vacation. The 10 years on my job, that's when you finally hit three-weeks vacation, which is a little ridiculous. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you finally get to, you know, I'm finally, I worked my way up seniority-wise, and I was doing better. I could go to shifts that I wanted to if I wasn't doing this, the part-time supervisor thing, but. Uh, you know, I didn't have time to vacation or travel. Yeah. It, it just wasn't, wasn't possible. Really wasn't possible. Well, let me, um, uh, let me ask you this. Um, you know, you've done a couple of things now that a lot of people in their whole lifetime don't get the opportunity to do because, um, you are right that it is hard, first of all, to get a job as a police officer. And then secondly, to sustain yourself for a long period of time doing the job and then to get on in a job like this where it's so desirable and so uh, in demand. So many people, I think there was 300,000 applicants when we applied for, you know, 1,200 positions. Yeah. Um, yep. Close so to it. What would your advice be to a person right now who wanted to enter law enforcement? My advice? Um, <laughs> I mean, realistically, it's got to be a calling at this point. Yeah. Uh, you have to want it because it's a, it's a, right now, the public's against you. Mm-hmm. If I had a, if I had a, you know, if I had a kid and, you know, say I had a son or a daughter and they're like, I want to be a cop. I don't know if I would necessarily, I wouldn't turn them away from it, but I wouldn't necessarily encourage it either. Right. Um, because it's, it's, a, it's a tough job. Isn't you know, it beat sad? You up physically, beat you up mentally. 
isn't and it? it? It's just, it's dangerous. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You're right. And isn't it sad a little bit that, um, because you can ask a hundred police officers in one room, if they would encourage their son or daughter to become a police officer and nobody would raise their hand because, uh-huh. yeah. and, and what's sad becomes- and what's sad to me about it is that you have certain jobs, military law enforcement, you know, certain things like that, um, that are just incredibly honorable jobs. And you would think to yourself, you know, like, there's no, there's no better way to go out than somebody that's willing to lay their life down for someone else. But yet, it's, it's, it's more and more difficult to find the people that can do it and are wanting to do it or willing to do it, especially with the environment that we're in now. Yeah, and that, that even that even includes wanting can are decent at it. Right. Because a lot of the people that they're they're filling cop job slots with now are uh, you know, it's just kind of like a warm body scenario. Right. Um, because it, it you know, it went from being very desirable to uh, not being very desirable. Yeah. It's you know, a lot of people don't even want to don't want to touch the career field. Right. Yeah. I don't know if you're doing laundry or if you're uh, installing some cabinets. I am. <laughs> I am doing laundry. <laughs> um. And uh, yeah, no, those are those are all. Uh, yeah, those are all great points, and um, you know, I hope that people that decide to make that that career choice will not be hindered or anything at all by trying to do that. Hey, Greg, let me call you right back because there's somebody at the door. Absolutely. Okay, thanks. Um, so, yeah, I was uh, 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 the last question I was going to ask you to kind of wrap things up was going to be um, now that you've been doing this job as a flight attendant for a couple of years, uh, is there anything that you're you're doing with this job that you didn't didn't expect until after getting the job? I know you had mentioned commuting being kind of a pain in the butt and a couple other things. Is there anything that that kind of stands out to you that you that kind of caught you as a surprise? Um, I I would say in the good aspect, the flexibility. Yeah, uh, you know. I've, I've got friends that are scattered across the country uh, and you end up, uh, you know, in my old job, it was like you keep in touch on Facebook or if they, you know, if they're from the area originally and they come back into town, you, you might few years. Right. Uh, but there's lots of friends that are pretty much write-offs. You're like, well, I'll probably never see them again, but I'll keep in touch with them via right. Facebook, social media, text, random phone call. Mm-hmm. Um, now I'm able to see those people, yeah. those people that I was never able to see again type thing. I'm able to see them again. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's an amazing yeah. thing that, that I'm able, you know, and that, and that in itself is a gift Absolutely. Um, that you're able to, uh, you know, see people that, that nobody else can see type thing because, yeah. you know, people, people's lives change. They change careers. They change jobs. Their move, their work moves them. 
right. uh, you know, a whole, a whole gamut of things can occur. Uh, but, you know, lives change. Well, our, with, with our job, we're able to, I guess, adapt to that with our friends and our friendships with people. Right. Uh, as opposed to, you know, just being able to keep in touch with someone over the phone. We're able to actually physically see the people, visit with them. And it's, uh, it's fantastic. I absolutely yeah. love that. You know, it's I, uh, life-changing, especially at this point in your life where, where you start to realize, I think after being a police officer for a certain amount of time and doing some other things that you really kind of realize that you take life for granted. And mm-hmm. there's certain things that are real important in life. Um, like those friendships, like, you know, spending time with people, getting to know people, following up and, you know, uh, enjoying just a, a conversation with those friends or family that you mentioned that you can actually now sit down and actually visit with. And it, it really is a gift that you, Oh yeah. Sometimes even now, you know, only doing it a couple of years, like you really take for granted that you can jump on a plane. Like my wife and daughter just went down to Sydney, Australia to go back, you know, take her back to school that you can literally just get on a plane and go there and come back. And it just blows yeah. my mind. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, finished up, finished up uh, our, our CQ with Jacob. And then I was off for, I forget, two or three days. Uh-huh. Then we're in, we're at the airport in Atlanta getting ready to fly home. And then we just start staring at the board hmm, where airplanes going. Mm-hmm. <laughs> where do I want to go? Yeah. Uh, we, we, I can't remember. I don't think we went anywhere there then, but. Yeah, it's it, you know I I love going to Nashville. Yeah, well, it's beautiful. I couldn't. I was off for two days, and I uh, had nothing going on. And Jacob was here, so he had commuted home. He 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 uh, lives in Florida uh-huh. now, and uh, we're like, yeah, I don't know. Let's start checking flights. So we just start checking flights because two days is not enough time for me to go home. Right. Not enough time. I'll be traveling both days. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, we just hopped on a plane, flew to Nashville, got a, got a hotel for cheap and then, uh, hung out in Nashville. It's like, yeah. you know, just on a day off, can't go home. So why not just, uh, enjoy a little time, uh, in, in one of your favorite cities. Right. Uh, but you're able to, it, it's, yeah, it's such a gift just being able to just hop on a plane somewhere. It you know, really you might, is. you might not be able to go to your first choice necessarily uh, based on what, you know, flight, you know, what the flight loads are or whatnot. Yeah. But you have a heck of a lot of, po- you know, possibilities, uh, stuff you can do. Yeah. Um, you know, and you, you know, if you're going to visit friends, you don't have to get a hotel. You don't have to do anything. Half the time your friends will happily pick you up from the airport. If you're like, Hey, do you mind if I have a sporadic trip out to come visit? Yeah. So yeah. it's, yeah, it's a, absolutely a gift in that aspect. Would um, you, would, if you, if you could talk to yourself two years back, knowing what you know now, what, what advice would you give the Greg from two years ago, getting ready to uh, go into the, into training? Should have started applying. Oh, going into training. I thought you were going to yeah. say in general, because in general, I would have been like, uh, you should have yeah, started applying for this as soon as you're 21. Right. You're right. <laughs> right. This, this job's a diamond in the rough. Nobody knows it. Yeah. Um, but uh, go 
happening. Um, I don't know what it, I don't know what I would have, I guess, budget yourself better. Make mm. sure you make sure you, you're, you're not spending all your money because I spent a lot of money at training. Yeah. It wasn't cheap. Yeah. It, uh, you know, you know, this, this was a pay cut to start. I think, uh, a sure. couple more, a couple more years on it, making more than I was copping, but I'm not there yet. Yeah. Um, I wish, yeah, if it was a couple of years ago, I, uh, would have no car payment. I'd still probably have my house, uh, just basically the least amount of financial type, uh, you know, the, the, yeah, yeah, there we go. Mm-hmm. There you go. Thank you for completing my sentence for me because oh, I was incapable okay. right at that moment in time. <laughs> <laughs> um, Too many. Yeah. Have, yeah. Have, have, <laughs> no cervezas today. Yeah, no cervezas yeah. today. I was going to say <laughs> a couple cervezas yesterday. I was going to say too many shots <laughs> to the noggins, like uh, <laughs> us, young, us young boys all experienced. <laughs> so, who knew someone someone could forget so much so quickly without a severe blow to the head? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, just have the least amount of financial obligations as possible going into that, going into the job. Yeah. Uh, because, it, you know, it's one of those things, it can catch up with you. I burned through a, sure. a chunk of, large chunk of what I had saved up uh, yeah. just because, yeah. you know, training, training's pricey. You're, you're, you know, yeah, realistically, if you, if you want to save money at training, you need a grocery shop, everything set up. Yeah. You know, pre do your meals because, when you're eating at the cafeteria and you're paying $10 for a crappy hamburger right, or whatnot, it, it's yep. uh, kind of sucks. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, that's definitely um, good that, advice. Beyond that, there isn't a whole lot you can do besides just show up and get, get your show up and do, do everything you need. You're, you know, do everything you're supposed to do and yeah. be on time for everything. And yeah. It was funny when I fan. went, I was thinking to myself, uh, Oh, okay, cool. It's a flight attendant training, you know, probably like nine to five, nice lunch hour, you know, Monday through Friday. Um, <laughs> I had no idea, literally no idea what I was getting into. And so oh, yeah. we took the first couple of tests and I was like, holy shit, I got I to gotta study for this, man. Like, this is no I joke. Know. You're serious about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I kind of, I kind of got to figure out a rhythm to what I was doing with, yeah. with the tests and whatnot. Yeah. I had to um, get that rhythm too. But uh, I think once I got there, you know, I was, I was good. Yeah. So. Yeah. That, that, the, that, that stuff, I guess, seemed easier for me than the drills. The drills just scared me to death and still do. Yeah. Actively still scare me to death. <laughs> yeah. 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 It is a, a, a very um, stressful time period for sure, man. Um, oh yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, well, um, I, I, I'm just going to wrap this up real quick, Greg, unless you had something else you wanted to add. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you at all. No, uh, I thought I had one other thing here. Yeah, no. That's and if a, and, that's and if there's anything else too that you want to discuss later that you remember, just let me know, and I'll, I'll, we can hook up again for a few more minutes and add oh, yeah, in there. Sure, um, but I yeah, think it's yeah. been really, really fun and um, really interesting. And I'll I'll kind of do some editing and kind of get it all squared squared away. But 
come up with come up with random topics and questions, other things, whatever. Yeah, you know, happily do more. Okay, yeah, no, definitely, we'll definitely do that. But um, I wanted to thank you, man, for being a great friend and a great training partner, and in, uh, in uh, no, thank you training, and it was a lot of fun. And um, thanks for your service as a police thank- officer. Yeah, thank you. Uh, you know, it, it works out well when you run into a, another fellow police officer when you, you know, your first day of training. Right, right. Uh, kind of helps. Kind of helps you go. Oh, all right. So I wasn't the only crazy person. Here to, <laughs> yeah, you know. it's funny that you say that because that's literally what went through my mind. Is like, there's another crazy son of a bitch that decided to do this too. Okay. All right. Yeah, yeah. I got to meet yeah. this crazy son of a bitch. Where is he at? <laughs> Other cop here, huh? That's kind of caught me off guard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh man. But yeah, no, no. It was uh, absolute pleasure. It's an absolute pleasure uh, getting getting to meet you. Yeah, uh, you know. Yet, yet again, this job's fantastic for the for the network. You know, the networking the friendships that you're yeah. able to build out of it. Yep. Absolutely wonderful. Well, all right, my man. Well, you have a safe uh, week, and um, I'll. Uh, I'll be talking to you again real soon. Yeah, sounds good. I'm off to uh, LA tomorrow. So if you get bored, hop on a plane. I got a hotel. Sounds good. Sounds good. I just came from there this morning. So, uh, <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> so yeah, enjoy the weather. Look nice. So you should have a good time. All right. Sounds good, brother. Okay. Talk to you soon. Take care. Bye.